Hello, this is Christina Caudill with the Radiant Astrology Podcast, and I'm here with my co-host for this very special <laughs> Gemini season dual uh, podcast <laughs> with Shireen Vismaya. Hi, Shireen. Yeah, hi. Yes. So yes, welcome to the P40 Podcast and the Radiant Astrology. I love that we're like double co-hosting. Um collaboration, trying something fun for Mercury retrograde. <laughs> yeah. And I already made a Mercury retrograde boo-boo because I realized we're in cancer season, but Mercury is still in Gemini season. <laughs> I don't, yeah, you're in Vedic and I'm in modern Western astrology, but we're I keep we're thinking we're in Gemini still too. I keep thinking we're in Gemini too. I think I'm like, wait, because cancer just crept in. We just, it just slipped right in last week. And it's like, wait, that's how time is right now, though. I'm sure many people think we're still in Gemini season. It's actually perfect that you said that. It feels you like in, Anyway, yeah. India is Gemini season, so don't worry. You're, okay, you're right. so that's why I was channeling. Yeah. I was right. Yeah, you're channeling that. <laughs> and I was saying it's Gemini, too. And actually, yeah, it, it, Mercury's not even in... Is Mer well, in, in Western astrology, in it is. Yeah. In Ge Mercury's in Gemini still? No, sorry. Mercury's in Cancer. Oh my gosh! Venus, Venus is a Gemini. Venus is a Gemini. Oh my god! I should I should no, actually like look up the astrology right, right now. Perfect. This is perfect for a Neptune podcast because we don't know what we're in the fog. Normally, people know. Don't worry, people know you that you're normally on point. So this is perfect. Like we're just we're just um, demonstrating how it feels right now with all these planets retrograde. Neptune just went retrograde. Mercury just oh, went retrograde. Gosh. Venus just came out of retrograde. But guess who's in Thank Gemini? God. Venus. Yes, and the North Node. In and the North Western Node. So there, there's the Gemini. So we are in Gemini season. It's just a different way. Yes. Um, and, we, you know, with Venus in Gemini and us two Venusian ladies in Gemini. It's perfect. Um, and yeah. I'm super excited to have you on today and to be on your podcast today too. Yeah. Um, and doing a video <laughs> cast on a Sunday morning, which is not something I, I normally know, do. I'm so sorry. I like drag you out of bed. Like, let's go get dressed. Get ready. <laughs> and the moon right now is in Libra conjunct Juno, the partnership asteroid. Um, and they are trining Venus. So um, I think it's perfect Lovely. to talk about uh, our collaborations and yeah. um, some of what the work we're doing because I really wanted to talk to you and dive into Neptune because Neptune just stationed retrograde at 20 Pisces. And isn't it funny that we just wrapped our Pluto course, um, our Pluto journey, the descent. And that we released when Pluto stationed retrograde, because it's so interesting when these outer planets station, you know, it's just like this big event, because I think of the outer mm. planets are, you know, bigger than us. And, you know, they're just these massive forces. And so it's almost just like this huge, like, yacht or something that has to stop yeah. and turn and then and everything moves along with it um and, and these and i think what we've been feeling so much is how these outer planets really we think we're making the plans but they're setting us up to do the work for that like we're just the channel especially with neptune neptune is so much about just being the channel but pluto too because we had this 
ideas sort of filter through us, you know, and it came together. I mean, speaking, we have such a magical uh, chemistry between us because that just, that thing came together so fast. We must have amazing Pluto synastry in our charts. We haven't checked that out yet. But it just, the confluence of that was so effortless and seamless and it just happened so fast and it just w went so deep. You would have thought we'd spent like a year working on the planning of it because of the way everything lined up so perfectly with the planets and the timing and it was all because it came through us it was literally it was bigger than us and i think this is what the planets do all of it just came through and we were like oh this is interesting look how this is lining up and this is lining up and this is lining up and it was just, it was powerful for us to go through it as well through that experience with with the women that we shared it with and wow i mean we're still in the afterglow of it really it's people are still kind of doing it on their own timing and pace and just really incredible deep work. So it's been really, wow. I've been so moved to how, how much, you know, it sounds like a cliche, but how much transformation has actually happened, like really deep transformation. It's and I love that they entrusted us with that journey because um, it really is more of an experience than any, you know, I've, I think we've both taught these, traditional type of astrology classes, you know, like the, the method of the planet and through the signs and through the houses and aspects and things like that. But this way of teaching where it's more experiential, where you were bringing in so much with the tarot and how that was symbolic of, you know, the judgment, judgment. of 2020 and the, mm -hmm. um, the Bardo experience that opened my eyes to a whole level of depth with the, with the tarot and, um, you know, going into the group and people sharing all their tarot spreads, um, while we were also teaching from a viewpoint of psychology and astrology and mysticism, um, I felt like it was a very rich experience and I look forward to doing that with Neptune too. Yes, I think Neptune will be even more uh, of the mystical. Pluto had all the depth and the shadow work and, um, wow, just, just beautiful um, personal insights. And, I mean, I was really just blown away by how, how much people change in such a short amount of time. I mean... I know so many programs and we weren't even offering it like this is going to change your life or come to the descent <laughs> to have massive transformation. But we just wanted to give people the experience of going deep and going down into the depths of their soul. And obviously our hope is always that there will be transformation, but it was so beautiful to witness how these women just uncovered so much, um, so much of the, the richness, speaking of richness, like the jewels, the jewels of the underworld of the psyche, which is Pluto, and the creativity, and just getting the passion back, because I think these times we're in have been so, um, they've been a mix, they've been uh, really uh, exhausting, and disheartening in a lot of ways, and challenging our faith, and just making it difficult to get out of bed in the morning most days, so having some some soul calling or some work that takes you in to the deeps. I felt like that was so, so necessary. And now we are coming together again, since we were so inspired by that in the way that really just 
felt magical for both of us and really just was we didn't even know when we tried we just it kind of came to us like you said this is what the outer planets do and now with neptune stationing we're having a similar thing although it's much you know neptune has this kind of obfuscating murky in the fog you know um, unveiling that's what we're calling unveiling the sacred so we're waiting for the next symbol the next omen the next dream image to come through to guide us or to inspire Mm -hmm. or to provide the next the next symbol to work with so neptune is really i love it's it's one of my favorite planets pluto too i mean if i had to choose my top two it'd be those two <laughs> to work with venus too three <laughs> you know it's funny that you i love how you say about you know a lot of us who have been challenged with losing faith and that sort of thing and there are faith being tested. And to me, that's one, um, you know, something that often gets triggered and experienced with Neptune transits. And now with Neptune stationing retrograde, oftentimes I feel like, you know, that becomes more of an internal experience. It's like we've reached a limit of how much, you know, externally um, we can push forward with this archetype. And then it's like, okay, it's time to see what was is revealed from the past something we may have missed that's time to yeah. process and go deeper with and in a time of people losing faith or their faith not really being able to carry them through this time that doesn't mean that faith isn't still available but we have to find different sources from it and also the ultimate source is finding it from within us because anything comes from within us when it comes to faith. I mean, we just, we simply can have these images that we attach to that can, you know, help to guide us forward, but ultimately anything comes from within kind of like, even, you know, like when we fall in love, it's never about that other person, you know, there's something with, you know, that feeling that we get where we're all juicy and turned on and everything. I mean, that that's us, you know, that's our, yes. own history. Yes. that's our own inner light. And, um, so I think yes. sometimes we have to like do that journey of going within and, and making peace with where things no longer fuel us and yeah. then sort of exploring where there might be um, something new to sort of spring forward, like a spring, like a water, you know, a spring of water or something. <laughs> yeah. And that's a beautiful segue into the, the watery realm of Neptune and projection, the world of projection and, and the illusion that something sublime that we're searching for, our souls are searching for something bigger than life, something greater than something you could ever experience in the mundane realm, projecting that onto a human experience or a human being, and then the subsequent and the inevitable disillusionment that follows from that. It's so funny because I, I take care of um, my guru's family's dog who lives just a few doors down from me here and um shakti many people probably know him from my stories <laughs> i love him he's a golden lab and today he was chewing on you know one of his bones and the one of Amma's teachings is how what just like what you said like how we we think that an experience that we're having is outside of us and a good example that she always uses is how a dog when he's chewing on the bone his gums are bleeding from the chewing, but he thinks it's coming from the bone. So it's projected onto the bone. 
That's why they love the ball. But it's actually his own gums that are bleeding. And they were actually today just like when he was shocked, he was chewing on the bone. This man in the house was saying that. And I was like, oh, so it's funny that you said that thing. It's that same experience where we're falling in love, but it's like something getting activated in the self. And there's this song that I love so much um, uh, that we sing here every night. And it's the lyrics, it's a Shiva song. And the lyrics are, everything is within you. Everything, everything's within you. It's in Malayalam. It's like, Nilo, 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 ni. And it's like, everything is within you. All, any, everything, everything, it's inside of you. That's like one of the fundamental spiritual teachings. And that is a Neptune teaching. A hundred percent Neptune teaching. And it kind of gives you a sense of a lot more, you know, I guess abundance for the lack of a better word when we're in so much lack, when we feel constantly having to grasp and yearn and long. And these are some words, you know, the yearning and the longing for something that actually isn't something we can maybe even eat or consume or whatever. There's something else beyond that that we need. And it's actually kind of, exciting that now that we're actually seeing the limits of what the material world can give us. I've had a lot of clients and things say that actually this having to be in quarantine has helped them to really see how much they've wasted time and wasted their life constantly, basically making more money to consume more things to then make more money to the consume more things. And now you can't really do that at that level or it's empty in some way. I mean, there's only so much you can order from Amazon prime, right? To make you feel like it's completing. And then what are you going to do with it? Stay home in your house with it. Yeah. And, and some, in some ways it's also kind of like, you know, we have that disillusionment that, oh, I thought this was such an important part of my life. Like, you know, I even think of like fashion, not that I was ever huge into fashion, but I'm now I'm kind of like, I don't know when I'll buy another pair of shoes again, unless they're like, you know, like Tom's just to go to the grocery store. I mean, all of that stuff, it's like, you know, there's, nowhere to go with them, nowhere to show them off or to wear with them. So what will replace Yes. Mm-hmm. This is such a great topic. I'm so glad you brought that up because I've been thinking so much about this and I love how this is really a Neptune Saturn theme actually in a way like Neptune to Saturn because Neptune is the glamour and the illusion and the getting dressed up and the fashion and creating this, you know, I love glamour and I, 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 I loved all my shoes and I loved all my You're a glamazon. <laughs> huh? I said, I've always thought of you as a glamazon. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, because I'm Neptune rising. It's my planet. I was born with Neptune rising. So it was the first energy I came into contact with at, wow. at birth, right? So my soul is totally plugged into Neptune. And that I, I've had to really, it's interesting being away from that, you know, my closet, <laughs> all my jewelry, I have like, big, it's all vintage. I'm not into like, it's not about status for me. It's about, I mean, I like things made really well, especially when I'm in my Capricorn progressed phase. I won't, I won't lie. I definitely wanted high quality. But before that, it was more about like really the glamour, the illusion, the magic, trying to live like I was out of a Turner classic movie, really. My Neptune, that was my inspiration all those old Hollywood movies, you know? So, 
and it, it was really inspiring and really beautiful. But what's interesting, I mean, and I still think it's really creative and I, I don't, you know, I, even going through this experience and being everything being um, really stripped down now here, I still have my Neptune, like, like I was showing you my, like my one makeup item that I have now or two things, but you know, like I just still need like little pieces of glamour. I just think it's part of our nature, but going back to what you were talking about with things being really, you know, like the illusions, the, the disillusionment around it, like realizing how much of the consumption or the um, even getting dressed up or all of that, like it requires places to go. Like if you don't have restaurants or cafes or like gatherings, concerts, any of that, would we just ha want these things just to walk around our house? I mean, we can make videos, I guess, or a bit. That's kind of where it's at now. Like, <laughs> we could show it off in a video, sort of. But it's changing, I realize, because I think that the spirit, the spirit world, the spiritual world is trying to show us, like, look, this did, it, there's nothing wrong with glamour, but it was getting out of control, like, in the level of, like you said, distraction and consumption that was harming the earth, Mother Nature, like, all this fast fashion. And I was never into any of that. I always had vintage, like, recycled clothes. But, but all these places like H&M or what are those, all those chain stores with all that fast disposable fashion, that was like destroying the earth and on top of every other thing that we did as humans that was selfish, destroying the earth. But Neptune could play into that. But thinking about Neptune in terms of like creating these illusions and why do we create the illusions? Because we've got these other illusions of like, we'll create this one illusion and that'll give me this other dream that I have. And that'll give me this other dream that I have and this other dream that I have. And then I'll get this thing that'll happen. And you know, it can just keep going and going and going and it's never ending and the desires are never ending. And so, yeah, I think being stuck at home now, we're really having to sit back and reassess how we want to do that and what's essential and like what the real magic is and it's something internal i mean the real glamour we're looking for is like the spark of the divine and like you said that can now i like i prefer to not wear any shoes and i've only had I used to love shoes i'm moon of pisces by the way but now if you saw the shoes i've been wearing for the last six months they i have the same pair of shoes i arrived in india they're white birkenstock you know like the plasticky ones <laughs> they're so they they look like they've been through like the mud storms like and I don't even think about it. I wear them every day. Like nobody would, people that know me with my shoes, they wouldn't believe they saw it. <laughs> Uh-oh, I'm disillusioned. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I live in now. If I even wear shoes. So, yeah, this is all changing. And it's funny, Neptune rules the feet. Well, Pisces rules the feet. Mm -hmm. Very connected to the feet. And so Neptune and Pisces. And Neptune, let's see, so it's at 20 degrees. So it's, you know, coming to that last what they call Deccan, the last, you know, sort of 10 degrees. Well, now it's going backwards, but and, yeah. Right, and going backwards for just a, you know, a few degrees. But we're still, you know, experiencing a very sort of pure experience of Neptune being in its sign, at least in Western modern astrology. Um, yes. And, I, and so everything about the whole, um, the ocean of oneness and the boundaries that dissolve whenever we have these Neptune and Pisces experiences, you know, we realize that how, you know, even though water, the experience of water is seems so like just one of like the lightest type of elements, you know, besides air, it doesn't seem mm -hmm. like it has any strength, but it can really 
um, it can make, you know, even the, the hardest rock deteriorate. Right. Um, and, and a tsunami. Yes. And like how powerful the element of water and raw, the rawness of nature um, can actually really be. And so we have everything from just the ephemeral nature of, of uh, Neptune to that really intense raw power, you know, the, the pure experience of, of nature. And it reminds me of how, remember I told you one time, Shireen, I had a dream where I was at your, you had like a penthouse apartment in like New York City and it was all <laughs> fancy and you were teaching us on trauma and the, and you had this like water drop that you were showing us how to mold and it was symbolic of trauma and now I'm feeling like oh maybe that was kind of a you know a preview or something my soul was calling for with this work <gasps> with you for with Neptune yes. you know yes oh my god totally see what I mean a Neptune would come through a dream first mm -hmm. that's the way Neptune communicates with us is through our dreams and through our subtle body and through symptoms, just to name a few things. And the way I, I really actually, it's one of these correlations that never fails. Whenever there's, you know, Neptune, um, either station retrograde or in hard aspects to some, especially if it's like a personal planet or something, I always hear people say, wow, I had the most vivid dreams or the dream time has been really intense you know the dreams it's almost like the unconscious flooding you know the mm -hmm. the dream time and so in our neptune course um you know we'll encourage people to to follow the dream time because that's the inner vision coming alive i never used to pay much attention to dreams like most of my life until the past you know few years or so when it really feels like there's just something cathartic um, something, yeah. some kind of deep release that you can't get just by thinking your way through life or your problems or anything like that. It's something that you're, it's like a processing that your unconscious is doing in order to sort of balance or rebalance, you know, these things that you're carrying in your unconscious that you don't you know, often even know how to reach or how to purge or how to process. At least that's one that's way right. I imagine that they come through. Yeah, and we get, also you get very important insights um, and another view, like we get to see whatever we were unconscious of, what, wherever our blind spots were often get revealed or wherever we become too one-sided or show up in the dreams. And by working, by virtue of working with the dreams, you open up a dialogue with your unconscious. So something what i and i come back with a lot i talk about this a lot in my dream classes but we'll definitely include this in our neptune work i'm glad i'm actually glad you reminded me sometimes we miss the obvious this is a neptune <laughs> issue you miss the obvious when you're working with the archetypal energy like the ones that are so close to home that you just take for granted it's almost like you know something you forget because it's just right there um you said dreams. I was like, of course, yeah. Of course. <laughs> that was like the one thing we didn't put in the syllabus. Um, and uh, so one of the things I really, um, really been fascinated in the dream work is how, you know, as a union analyst, like with my clients, even the ones that come specifically for dreams, I'm always 
amazed at how strong the defenses are against dreams still. That there's something in our defense mechanism, or I think it's, I think it's a symptom also of just modern life and losing some of the wonder, you know, and the enchantment and the soul, soulful quality of things because everything's just rapid fire being you know, bombarding us constantly that we're, we're just looking, we just expect things to be so high volume and, you know, just so um, bigger than life, like in our face, like that we forget that there's that power in the small and um, that people will present a dream, even some dreams maybe that have, to me, I can see, can feel how much sacred symbolism is in something that is maybe disguised as something more ordinary, maybe not, but it's just something in our nature these days that we have to fight to get back to a sense of wonderment and, and the sacred. And it's so easy to, even in our, I even catch it in myself. So I'm, it's not a criticism at all. I will think of a dream when I wake up and think, oh, like it's just almost like second nature to be like, oh, I know what that means. Or that one wasn't important, you know. I know why I dreamt that because I saw this thing the night before or just some way that you try to undermine the power and the symbol or the potential for the symbol to reveal its power to you. Cause yeah, maybe on the surface you're like, Oh yeah, I just dreamt about this, this green bag. You know, I know why I dreamt about this because it's sitting on my desk every day when I'm doing my videos. Well, that's important. Instead of just being like, I know, like it's that part of us, you know, that wants to start every sentence. Well, I know. Wow. That oh, that's huge. That, that that's what most people I see, uh, you know, that are sharing their dreams online, you know, or if people ask for feedback on their dreams, you know, yeah. in, in just general sort of spiritual, whatever groups they say, oh yeah, well, you probably saw that driving on your way to work every day, or you probably, you know, da, 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 or that was probably a memory from childhood. Like as if it means nothing, but it's coming through your dreams for a reason. And, and, you know, playing with that, like you said, allowing it to reveal itself. Like what does green and purse mean? Does it mean something about like my addiction to money and buying things? I mean, I don't know, but it can be Good. a real journey. Yeah. Could be so many things and in, in why, you know, and it's next to my computer and why is it you know, and why that thing, like Jung said, you always want to say, why that thing, not another thing? Why that particular symbol and not something else? We just need to, but I just like this as a metaphor for everything in life right now with where Neptune can really serve us is to stop being in this, like taking things for granted. I think the quarantine's helped us to kind of come back to that. The quarantining, it, it is like a containment. It's like a hyper containment, right? Where it's like, this is why we're, all that desensitization that we've had from being so busy and so overloaded and so, um, you know, just losing touch with the basics in many ways. I feel the Saturn coming in and being like, we're going to just get you back to the simple. I mean, I'm in an extreme version because I'm here in India taking baths, bucket baths and walking around barefoot. And, you know, I only have three dresses that I wear and, you know, I have, I eat out of the same two dishes every day, you know, that I use for everything, you know, like I'm totally doing the Saturn here with some Venus thrown in, as you can see, like, and some Neptune, like I'm, I'm making it look. You bring Neptune with you wherever you go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've got the veils, right. Um, but I can't, I can't lose Neptune, but really like for me, like if you saw my other life to here, it's kind of like this, um, 
it's like compressed, uh, which I really love. It's kind of like, I think we're all going through this compression where it's like, get to the essentials, like the things. It doesn't mean you can't have beautiful things and glamorous things, but it's just like only those essential glamorous, beautiful things. We don't need so many. We, we were under this, you know, this mass illusion that we needed so much and more and more and more. And like the next, like you said, like fashion telling us, okay, now it's a new season and now it's this thing and now it's that thing. And, you know, just so much wastefulness and that, and like you said, so much wasteful waste of energy and just running, running in the speed of life and to finally have everything like shut down. I think also allowed us to finally like sit with our feelings in a way and just get back in touch with our breath and with our truth and open our eyes because, you know, I think, I don't know if you and I were talking about this or I was talking to somebody else, but you know, there was that meme going around for a while, which was sort of the precursor of this. Do you see that meme that was really popular on social media for a long time with the woman with the baby carriage no, and she was walking by so. a house that was on fire Mm-mm. and like completely oblivious. Like there was this house like on fire and it's kind of like, that was like the, the, the symbol of like the way the world was going down. Just like, everything's on fire and we're just like you know trying to pretend like life goes on as normal and it took something like this I think to finally otherwise I think we would have just been in complete oblivion still unless we had something like a pandemic too unfortunately it took that level I think to be like all right people wake up and so yes there now I think you know we did Pluto because we were dealing with the whole death piece of this time this pandemic yeah. Now I think we're dealing with the disillusionment piece because now Neptune, when a planet goes retrograde, it's also like, let's do the inner work, like you said, of that planet. So let's all look at our disillusionment. And what do we do now with the illusions that are dying? And what do we do with all the the things that we thought were important that are no longer important? And those dreams that we had that were like, those maybe those cannot be my dreams anymore. Neptunian dreams, like traveling. I mean, I was under the illusion. I would just keep traveling and doing retreats all over the world for rest of my life <laughs> now i have to find another i'm just on retreat you know i'm just on retreat <laughs> but i'm 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 definitely mourning that loss of all my places that i love to go with water you know like being most of my places involve being on the waters too oh i hear that baby crying that's the soul baby crying for he feels my pain yes oh i totally and you know that's the with Neptune, some of the things can be that um, the regret. I'm hearing a lot of people expressing the sort of, you know, why did I waste the last 40 oh, or 60 or whatever yes. years of my life? Even when you're, you know, I remember being 18, being like, why did I waste 18 years of my life? <laughs> you know, but it's still, especially though, when we are in the second half of life and we feel like, wow, I have less years ahead of me than I have behind me. You know, and and sitting in that space though is important to do because that is something that our that our soul is actually urging us to pay attention to that may come mm-hmm. through our dreams if we don't actually consciously sit with it. And one of the things I also noticed is how much I wasted so much of my money and my time and whatever, just kind of just you know to to pass the time. Mm-hmm. Whereas now it's you have a whole other different set of values around what we value and how we value life, how we value our, you know, 
our focus, where we put our focus and knowing how powerful that is for our experience of life. And I think, you know, feeling those regrets and the sorrow and that grief yeah. around the world that was, um, is important to do because then that helps us to really get clear because then the clarity comes for where do our values lie and how can we live them more authentically and the dreams yeah. too and then and then have a vision and the dreams we can still dream and have a vision that inspires us but you know if if it's clear and if it's fresh and if it's true to the soul that is more magnetizing than an old dream that you just had because it was implanted by you know society or or some expectations that just you know now are mm -hmm. not are not part of your destiny Yes, and I think right now with the certain dreams dying, certain dreams having to be reworked, now with Neptune retrograde, it's a time to reimagine because Neptune's all about the imagination, right? Reimagine our dreams. And in that, yes, I think a lot of mourning and processing of the ones that, you know, a lot of it also that is Neptune is that it's in the unknown and the uncertainty we don't know uh, what will be possible in the future. So we're operating in terms of our imagination. There's a restraint. We're still feeling that Saturnian restraint of we can't, it's not that sky's the limit feeling anymore that we had when Jupiter was in Sagittarius. And yeah. <laughs> you know, just last year, right? Just last when year. Oh my God. Really was sky's the limit kind of year. I'm glad I blew it out that year actually with travel. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I think on some level I must have known because I was like, this is really insane amount of traveling. Like, I mean, I travel a lot, but last year, speaking of not regretting, the nice thing with living, if you have a lot of Jupiter and Neptune in your chart, you probably won't really waste your time because I've always lived with that feeling of like, I, people always thought I was crazy. I always said, no, I'm going to live like I'm going to die in a year because I just don't know. You know, it's very Scorpio of me. Um, but I don't want to have any regrets and um i really i i i remember um just wondering you know always like even when i was in my 20s like reading those books like those books on the pleiadian the pleiadian pleiades, pleiades you know pleiades, the barbara marciniak books mm -hmm. yeah the pleiades pleiadians pleiades from channels from the pleiadians um warning us back then this was in my pre-Saturn return days even you know when I first moved to New York City reading these books <laughs> and um, reading spiritual books when I was a teenager about you know the impermanence of everything so I think you know if we if we go to the archetype of Neptune as the hangman and that kind of surrender into the unknown and just trusting that you know time itself is an illusion and we really only do have this present moment I think Neptune really teaches us that yeah. I think Neptune is the greatest teacher for embracing the fact that we're always really kind of in limbo in a way we think we know what's coming or they say God's laugh when you make plans right and now he's really having a go laughing at us <laughs> think of all the plans of 2020 that got rerouted I mean yeah and here we are it's interesting that you know retrogrades tend to do that right it's like oh reroute your plans the re words but I keep saying 2020 is like, and it is a 
it is a retro it is like one big retrograde and one big eclipse season all like nonstop altogether or something and here we we have i mean people think oh we always have retrograde planets but to have them all somebody actually juliana swanson she's a vedic astrologer she did like she actually did the statistics i love her she put the statistics of like how how common it is to have so many planets retrograde at one time like we had six at one time until Merc uh, venus That's rather venus. just came out you know it started that track where it was like I remember that. When was that? When Saturn first, Saturn started yeah, the party. Yeah, Saturn, like Saturn, Jupiter, Pluto, right? Kind of close together. Yeah, I think it was Saturn and then Venus and then Jupiter. Actually, Pluto was first. Pluto, Saturn, if I remember correctly. April 25th, wasn't it? Like, it was Pluto. It was all the month of April. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's why it was, it was I think so I'm sure it started with Pluto and then it was Venus. It was either... Venus or Saturn, they were all right around each other. Pluto, Venus, and Saturn were really close together, I remember. Yeah, so Pluto was in April, and then the rest was in May, was then the ones that were close yeah, wasn't together it, was Venus, Saturn, was Venus, and then Jupiter, all within a week. That's, all within and, that week, right? Yeah, and then in June, we, had, we just had uh, Mercury and a Neptune go retrograde. Luckily, Venus is gestation direct, but we'll have, when does Mars Otherwise, we would have all of it. Yeah. Not for a while. And then you're on. But it's interesting because, on. you know, in the summertime, at least it's been summer for the past several years, that um, the outer planets go retrograde. So those are always showing us sort of like the overall context. But then when we also have these personal planets going retrograde and, and then the social planets, I guess you'd call them, the ones in the middle. Um, and then Mars. And it's just this sort of like weird tango and then a three eclipse eclipse season <laughs> you know not just a regular two eclipses but three which we are yeah, in the middle of which was yeah, so interesting because when we had our uh pluto class and we were going into the bardo then uh then we had that lunar eclipse in Sagittarius and it really felt like we were on fire right it felt like we were in hell yeah. <laughs> I think we all were able to honestly say yes. we're in the bardo we're in hell like the old yes. you know the, the old inferno. life it was the inferno it's like we've died to the old life and then we don't know where the new one is but we were kind of together in all of that and exploring through all these symbols and our experiences and what we know of you know astrology and tarot and everything and so i think that's that gives us something to connect into i think when yeah. the rest of the world you know we don't know what's coming at us next yeah, and I think that's why astrology, it makes sense in the unconscious, the collective unconscious. I was just thinking about this, how it exploded right before the world's kind of exploded. Did you notice that trajectory? Like, Chani Nicholas, you know, God bless her work. She, she came out and exploded, like her, you know, she was kind of the really in the center of it in, in a way. I mean, she was really bringing astrology into the mainstream. And was so interesting that her book came out and I think like right after her book came out was very closely was the pandemic right after like but it was just like I remember her books her book was coming out and it was massively I, I don't think it might have come out before but I remember there was it was massively being sort of promoted just as Saturn was meeting Pluto and I was like whoa like this is a lot yeah. <laughs> at least somebody yeah. is thriving during this when the rest of us were kind of like under the covers to see what was going to come from yeah. this conjunction 
Yeah, but I think she set it up meaning like, I think the gods really were like, okay, she's such a voice for this time. And um, we needed to have a movement. I just feel like in the collective unconscious, I mean, I even had times when I was bitching about like, oh no, it's getting too popular, you know, astrology, because I was feeling like it was going to get watered down and, you know, Instagram dumbed down. Like it was actually kind of, that was happening. But on the bright side of that is the fact that what I see is this real, speaking of Neptune, longing for a language to explain the symbolic and the unknown and the soul. And I'm really glad, it's, it's interesting the way it's becoming now, people are treating it like it's a language like we all need to speak in a way, like it's really becoming, we needed to navigate such times of uncertainty and such times of deep spiritual impact like we have. And astrology is so helpful for that. So I'm glad that it's, it's almost becoming like a prerequisite to survive. <laughs> I really feel like it. You know, I feel like my, you know, if you want to call it belief in astrology, you know, obviously I've throughout my life, it's had different levels of, you know, like strength and growing and strength and to the point where it just became my life. And, you know, there's nothing I can do, at least now, <laughs> anytime in the immediate <laughs> future, it's not getting out of my system. But once we had this yeah. Pluto-Saturn conjunction, the Saturn-Pluto conjunction, and also knowing it's on their planetary nodes, which is a whole other layer too, and seeing mm. how the world is responding to this and reading um, Richard Charnas's Cosmos and Psyche, where he's looked at these cycles from the past in history and oh, all yeah, of it aligning. Yeah, there was just no, there is absolutely no convincing me otherwise <laughs> that the planets aren't yeah. symbolically showing us, you know, these cycles. And it's important yeah. to pay attention to them. And sometimes, I, you know, the danger I see is, and there was just this post on Facebook by um, Frank Clifford, who's an incredible astrologer out in, in England, um, where people are just, you know, they really try to get in to charts and try to figure out, you know, to predict things and that like, you know, who will you fall in love with? Will I be rich? Will my father die? And that's just those things, you know, while they can help us to in some ways look at how these planets interact. I mean, that's just not the best use of astrology when it comes to exploring your soul's journey, I don't believe, you know, and, and a lot of people luckily agreed with that, that astrology itself, when we're trying to make it fit, you know, uh, what we want it to yeah. tell us, you know, to me, it's kind of like, you know, when you draw, you know, a tarot spread and then you're like, I don't like these cards. Let me do them again. You know, it's just like, no, like yeah. see what it has to say. And what it has to say may not be literally true all the time. It might not, might, might not have the entire picture that you're expecting, but it has something to say. And yeah. you know, me being, uh, having a Scorpio stellium as you, I like yeah. to go deep. I really like yeah. to go deep and looking at, say, one archetype, just like Neptune itself, you yeah. can spend a lifetime exploring it, oh my. all that it, it encompasses, you know, and, and the, it's important to really, to get it so that it really is integrated in your soul and you can, you can feel the essence of this symbol. Absolutely. That's my little and soapbox. <laughs> no, I... I think that everything you're saying is really important because 
we, um, when we invite those archetypes in, <clears throat> well, two things. One, I want to say, just speak to uh, what you said about how can we doubt these, the power of these symbols and how the planets are um, revealing to us like the codes basically to our existence and, and not, not telling us exactly what's going to happen. There's always mystery. I mean, that's the beauty of the planetary bodies. If we do consider them as gods, um, which I do, I do think that they are like the, they, they, they are universe uh, moving and shifting and, and, and they're, they're like, our, you know, love in uh, Vedic astrology, they call them the grahas, you know, because they grab, it means to grab. They grab us when you have a planetary transit. You can't deny the feeling, especially if you you have those more palpable planetary transits, like a Mars transit or something, and suddenly you're inflamed, or Pluto transit, and you are in the inferno, or Saturn transit, and suddenly everything becomes, well, we're all in the deep Saturn and Pluto transit, so we don't even, to use our imagination too far, we're all contained, right? We're restrained. Um, so it's interesting because on um, Tuesdays, is that tomorrow? No, tomorrow's Monday. On Tuesdays here, we always, before we eat, we chant um, from the Bhagavad Gita. There's a, a line where, from the Bhagavad Gita, where uh, the translation is that, you know, I've entered into the bodies of these planets because it's this whole, like, story about how, you know, the food is even Brahma. So it's like what you're eating, but he's basically like, look, I incarnated into these planetary bodies to, to serve you, to help you, to heal you, to protect the Dharma of the universe. Lord Krishna saying, you know, that's the prayer. So, that's what it says. Yeah, it's beautiful. I'll get the exact line, but it's one of the, it's this whole, like all the oblations and all of the offerings, you know, that we're doing before. It, it's so beautiful to even, this is what I was trying to say earlier about having reverence for things. We've lost the reverence, you know, even for our food before we eat it. Um, to, the, the, the memory or the reminders, these little reminders that we are connected to the sacred and that, everything that's given to us to not it's not a given <laughs> can be taken from us at any moment you know and it's such a everything is such a gift but we have to give back more than we give and we've been doing it the opposite you know we've just been taking so these reminders you know through the scriptures it's so helpful but anyway whenever we chant that i think wow it's so beautiful because you know I had never, even as an astrologer, I hadn't heard, I was always like, well, yeah, these, you know, the moon rules the tides, and so we're 80% water, so of course the, the planets affect us, I, I really believe that, but hearing it that way, like, oh, you know, and the more, that's why I love about India, everything's still really alive, like, you really feel like the day and the planetary deity connected to the day and how it's a, we're dialoguing, you know what I mean, like a Sunday really is the day of the sun here. Like you really feel that everything becomes amplified around the sun in Surya and Tuesday's Mars day. And you really feel that like the planetary Mars planet, God Mars, um, being really strong. We, we meditate on Tuesdays because we don't want to have fights or conflicts or accidents, you know, and you just feel that you just really feel the power, like how that's the way it was like the days, Mercury day, Wednesday, you know, and when you get into that, flow in that um, remembrance again of the connection you know with the cosmos then all of it gets that it all gets that um, 
that real sense of enchantment back, which is Neptune, you know, where it's like, you do have the divinity and the sublime in the mundane, you know, it's, you're not just like waking up and feeling depressed in the mind, worrying about useless things, right? <laughs> or things that are really not important or because we feel disconnected from the soul in some way. A lot of the disillusionment of Neptune is the disconnect really from soul. Yeah, yeah and, and it's it was, so, was it Jung who'd said that, you know, even in when he'd visited Asia, or I don't know if it was India or East, I think it yeah, was maybe India, was that, um, everyone, no matter how small a home they had, had some place where they would engage with the sacred, like an altar or yeah. something. And that is what in the West we're largely missing. Um, like what is our sacredness? I mean, especially as um, I think for a time, you know, everyone was going to church on Sundays, but was it because they truly believed or was it because it was something that made you look uh, respectable to your community or something. And then once that started fading away, what was it replaced by? I mean, yes, for some people genuinely are on a s exploration, a spiritual journey through um, different practices that maybe they've gained from all over the world. But unless you really take it on as, you know, a devotion to sacredness, you may not ever really feel uh, that true connection. I think that's, that is what is um you know that can be kind of worrisome especially we're going to have neptune squaring the nodes for like the last half of the year and is i really the, feel like i think it's like within orb yeah within a few degrees that's amazing um, i love that that's beautiful yeah and up through i think Jan i think i think i looked at it, it was like within three degrees or something from like i i want to say september through january i would have to check again um but it being you know the immutable signs right which i feel is i mean of course it's that journey of when one dream washes away from neptune because you're of disillusionment you know what is left for something to more um authentically you know wash ashore what is um the mm -hmm. that sort of opening in the soul calling for and yearning for that can be filled what is the longing mm -hmm. what is the soul really longing for and how do we return to the soul and the thing with neptune too that we will cover in the in the class in the course of the journey um it like any planetary uh especially these outer planets they have the deep shadow they have they have their different levels that you can work with them depending on the level of consciousness like we talked, for instance, with Pluto, how it can be a power struggle, it can be control issues, it can be obsessions, it can be self-destruction if it's unconscious. With Neptune, the unconscious can be the escapism, the addictions, the, the loss of the reverence and the sacred, you know, kind of the, the disconnect, the, the disembodiment, the... Um, actually leaving the body can be a big Neptune thing, like being anesthetized, being numb. All of that can be unconscious Neptune or being fanatical and, and being deceived easily or being overly not having any boundaries, not having any sense of self where you just believe anything that, you know, you're impression, overly impressionable. Um, so when we see that square to the nose, we want to look 
definitely watch out because the nodes tend to bring out the shadows. So we may be looking at a lot of those themes. But if we do the work, I'm glad we're doing Now that you told me this, I'm even more uh, determined that we're or more uh, inspired, I should say, that we're, we're doing that work because I can see how we, we need to do it to prepare for that. I didn't even realize that. No wonder we were feeling the calling to do Neptune. And also I was thinking about, again, I love how the planets always have these, I mean, so genius, right? Like just looking, nothing is random. It might seem random. Nothing nothing is um, a mistake or an accident. It's, it's all perfect synchronicity. When we look at that, even the the timing and the, um, the order, I always like to look at the way things show up, the order of things. Like I love speaking of unveiling, right? So just thinking how Neptune is the kind of the last before Mars, well, like the last in this first grouping, right? So we just went back through, like we said, it was started with Pluto, then it was Saturn, Venus, Jupiter, then Mercury, Neptune, or was, or was it Neptune, Mercury? And Neptune was the last because Neptune was just in June. Yeah. Neptune was right was after Mercury, Mercury and then Neptune. Mm -hmm. Mercury was, Neptune was right after Mercury. So if you look at all that, like, so Neptune's asking us now, because I always look at like the ones that follow, it's like, okay, now Neptune's coming in to say, let's process it on the Neptune level. Like we're processing it on the Mercury level, we'll process it in. We did, Venus already had us looking at our value system. We did a nice overhaul of our values, right? Now, Neptune's like, let's do a deep review of what's real, what's fake, our illusions, our disillusionment, our delusions, our addictions are going to be coming up. Yeah. All of that, right? All the ways we used to escape were so good that we've got so many escapes, especially with the Neptune, I feel, is very connected to all the internet stuff, too. Yeah, and I often find Neptune... It you can see it associated with both, you know, the, the addiction as well as often people coming out of addiction. You know, they say that there is no clarity yeah. until after the fog lifts. And, you know, sometimes when you, people get, they finally realize that being constantly numbed and anesthetized or in fog, it's just, they're not really living. They're almost just like, you know, a ghost in their lifetime in their life. And the addiction can come through many things, you know, alcohol being a big, you know, drug of choice, um, yes. even too much marijuana or TV or food or things that where it's, where you no longer even feel the joy from whatever that pastime was. It's just simply um, trying, yeah. yeah, trying not to feel um, when actually yeah. that's not being fully alive. That's like being disembodied. Um, yeah. And so coming out of that is almost like a relief oftentimes. Yeah, and you're right that you, the Neptune, the problem is often in the, or the, what do they say, the solution is in the problem itself. Or in, in this case, like you said, Neptune is also the solution or the healer, the remedy for Neptune. Neptune is a remedy for Neptune problems. The spiritual, like the spiritual, what Jung, where Jung, he was, you know, um, working with the, I always forget the man that responsible for AA. That oh yeah, that's right. The big book. I forgot his name, but yeah. Uh, Neptune names don't, 
<laughs> are not happening today. But Jung uh, advised this man for the spirit, you know, this, he really had an influence on that, the healing of the addiction, you know, and a lot of the 12 steps are inspired by a lot of Jungian thinking. So the idea of it's a, it's a spiritual problem. Addiction is a spiritual problem. And I think that's true because underneath it, we are looking for the self. We are looking for the soul and we're searching for it. This goes back, this is actually since we've got to wrap up things, so it's getting quiet here. Full circle to the beginning of our conversation about thinking it's something outside. Mm-hmm. The illusion, the projection of our magic, our glamour onto something external when it's really, and that becomes the addiction to it. Yeah, well, I'm so looking forward. Would, I'm yeah. sorry? I was saying, otherwise everybody would want to smoke cigarettes or drink alcohol or smoke. Why do we all have our specific ones that we like? If it was in the object itself, right? Mm. Then we would all have the same experience and the object would give it to us, but it's the projection onto the specific object. It's the chemistry we have or the projection we have with that object, but it's still something in us. So, mm-hmm. Well, I'm so looking forward to creating this container with you for the Neptune course, the unveiling, the sacred, and um, I can't wait to um, explore with you. We'll have, it'll be a four-week course, and we'll be doing, um, releasing a video every week along with practices, with movement, with dream work with active imagination and meditation. Um, and we really like to keep it really the rich soundtrack. and full. Mm-hmm. Oh, and soundtracks too, especially tarot for Neptune. Tarot spreads, tarot spreads, journaling questions. Yeah, we're going to give it all, get all the things, all the Neptunian things. <laughs> well, I'm so looking forward. We start July 12th. And we'll have a link for those who want to register um, and explore Neptune with us. Come on our journey as we sort of um, surf the waves of our inner Neptune. Yeah, lovely. Thank you so much, Christina. Thank you. As always, like, I really, I just love working with you. Yes, it's so easy. It's always so easy. We all, and we and we really fuel each other's creativity. I think too. Must be our sun moon connection. Mm. <laughs> we have a lot You're of connections. Scorpio, Scorpio yeah, I'm Scorpio yeah. moon. <laughs> and I'm progressed Capricorn. So there we go. <laughs> all right, my dear. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks everybody for listening. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>